chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. If you don't get anything else out of this study of the devil's devices, if you don't get anything, nothing else, I hope you learn a Bible verse. Because we use this Bible verse to spring off and then we'll go through the text and the scriptures and the other places, but we use this one verse every time we go on Sunday night. And in chapter 2, verse 11, and we're looking at whatever devices the devil will use. And for that particular night, tonight we look at different vices. And if you learn a Bible verse, if you don't do anything else, you'll learn this Bible verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. You know, if you sit, sit, in, sit out just to learn one verse a week, I mean talking about just one verse a week, and you start, you meditate on it, you memorize it, and you quote it, and you get it down in your mind, you get it down in your soul. At the end of the week, you should be able to have that, that in your mind. And if you do one every week, and you, you do it every week for a year, you've got 52 verses in your heart. And, and if you do it another year, you keep adding to it and adding to it and adding to it. And the reason what I'm saying is because of these days, that there may come that they'll come and take our Bibles from us. If you don't think that's highly possible, you haven't looked around lately. We, we, we're living, we believe about this, what we believe about this book and what we say about morality and, and what we say about all kinds of things the Bible says that's going on in the country, they call this hate speech. And one of these, they may come and take this Bible away with you, and when they do, what are you going to rely on? Are you going to have any Bible in your heart to carry you through? That's why it's important for us to learn a verse, a Bible, put it about. David said, I hid the word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We need to hide a word in our heart because that might be the only thing that you have to rely on in the near future. I do believe we're living in the last days. I do believe we're starting to step over into the, to the uh, uh, tribulation. I believe things are going to happen that's going to cause us. And you just turn your TV on and you see all this hate speech going on. The right. And I heard one of senator, she said, uh, if it don't go the way we want it to go in this court, go out in the roads and confront everybody saying go out and riot. Do what you need to do. So we, we find that the, uh, if you don't have the Word of God in your heart, you're not going to have the Word of God in front of you. I like that. Uh, uh, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we're not ignorant of his devices. Uh, that word device literally means the evil purpose or an evil plan. And it also li literally means evil thoughts towards someone. It carries the idea that you look at someone and you start thinking evil things of them. You ever done that before? I, I know some people are just, just going to rub you the wrong way. 
And, and you start purposing and planning on how to do them in, how to get rid of them. You ever sit around and think, man, I, would, I could do this and I could do that. I, I sit down sometimes, you know, and I've watched, I watch a lot of murder shows. Snap, I love Snap. You think men do all the killing? Snap ain't about women gone crazy. <laughs> snap, and they do them in. But if you watch enough of them, you say, hey, I believe I could commit a perfect murder and get away with it because I've seen all these things. Then they come out and says, no, with all the forensics there is in this country now, you can't commit a perfect murder. But we think about it in our minds. We put it in our minds. And it's one of the devices of the devil. He, 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 that's how he does them in. That's how we think. But let me report to you tonight that God has thoughts towards you tonight. God thinks about you tonight. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Ain't that that great? God is thinking about you. God has got you on his mind tonight. And, it's, and it's, it's thoughts of peace. It's not thoughts of evil. He's giving you an expected end tonight. But just like God is thinking of you and, and thinking of peace towards you, giving you an expected end, there is an enemy called the devil, and he is also thinking about you. You think the only person to think about you is your husband, your wife, your family, your children, your God. But let me just say this. There's an enemy tonight that's thinking about you. He, he's got you in his mind. And he's not thinking thoughts of peace towards you. It's completely opposite of what God. The Lord said, I think thoughts of peace towards you. But devil thoughts are evil and not a peace towards you. He does this to ruin our lives. If you watch sports and you see football players and, and how they just get out on a field and just go mayhem and all things, you think, well, that, that's all they do. But no, there's a lot of strategy behind it. There's a lot of practice in that. that they've got a plan. They've got to do these things. In fact, they've got coaches. Is all they do is sit around and watch films of other teams. They've got analysts that came in and come in and watch films of other teams and what they do they give it to the head coach say look uh, this is where this team is strong at this is where the team is weak at you can do this to get an advantage uh, you've got to watch that if you don't they'll get an advantage you it's not just mayhem it's strategy out there that's what the devil is doing with us devil's had a long time to watch humanity He's got a lot of film on us tonight. He sees where we're weak at. He sees what we're going through. He knows what he can do to trip us up. He knows what happens in your heart and your mind. When he puts a certain situation in front of you, he knows exactly what you're going to do and how you're going to react from that situation. He says, I, I know if I put this in front of them, they're going to sin, they're going to mess up. And I know if I send this problem to them, this is what they're going to happen. He knows our attributes. He knows what we uh, are, and we know 
knows how to trip us up and how to mess us up. He's trying to slip you up in your walk with God. He knows that we can put, he can put things in front of us that give us a bad attitude. Amen. All he does is to put a problem in front of us and we catch a bad attitude about it. We might say something we shouldn't say. He's watched you long enough. He's got all the footage. He knows where your weakness is and he knows your strong points. He is thinking evil thoughts towards you. You say, well, what should we be doing? We should be learning what he's going, going to throw at us. We should know what the vices that he's using and we need to combat them. So when they come our way, we know that they're coming our way, and there's no doubt about it, the devil's going to try to throw something at you. But we need to learn what those devices are and, and plant it in our heart. If this comes in my life, I know what to do when it happens. That's why I'm looking at this series. Pride. We looked at pride. Pride is probably one of the uh, ones that sends most people out the church. And then we looked at self-pity. We've got a lot of self-pity in the church today. But tonight, I want to look at the device that the devil uses against God's people, and it is called fear. Fear. I want to say this. Fear is something that our society has absolutely gone crazy over. This COVID-19 thing, I, I, I'm not denying the virus. I had it. There's others had it. It, it, it's all about that. I understand that. But if you look at the, at objectively, at the fact that their mortality rate in this country is no worse off than the other years that we've had. It's not like it's wiping out the entire nation. It's not like it's wiping out the entire world. But the idea of shutting the economy down, uh, uh, masking up, and, and we keep ourselves safe from other viruses and other people, uh, it's got people scared today. They don't go to church anymore. They don't go to work. They don't go to school. We are at a height of fear in the society today has gone crazy. And they look at people that, that are not scared. Those who say, well, I, I understand it, I, I respect it, but I'm not afraid of it. And they look at you like you're the problem. You're the problem. You don't believe the way I believe. You don't act the way I do. You don't cover up. You are the problem. Can I say that the idea of fear has been a long, around a lot longer than COVID-19 has ever been? I believe it has just manifested just how fearful people are in our society today. And however you want to disguise it of safety, it even freaks people out when you tell them these things. I got this fear. I got to thinking about fear. And so I Google fear. Then I Google phobias. I have never seen, <laughs> I have never seen so many 
phobias in this world that I've ever I've never I didn't I did not realize that. And I wrote down some, and one I wrote down, and most of them I can't even pronounce because it's just weird stuff. Noctophobia, fear of a night. Will you sleep with your light on all day long, all night long? Arachnophobia, fear of heights. Actophobia, fear of flying. Mm. <laughs> there I am. You got one. Fear of riding in cars, xenophobia, fear of foreign people, or a stranger, really. Automatonophobia, fear of human-like figures. <laughs> it's a human-like figure there, I can't take that. This one blew my mind, and I'm not even, and I'll, I'll try to pronounce it. Hippopotamus monstrosus equipia delilia aphilia phobia. It's 35 letters in that word. 35 letters in that word. You know what that is a fear of? A phobia of? Long words. Long words. You're going to be a phobia of something that has long words and you're going to name it something with 35 words in it. That's the And that's just a drop. If you Google phobia, it gives you a list of all kinds of things that people are afraid of today in our society. And I'm thinking, well, how long has these phobias been around? Ever since they start graduating psychologists. Because before them, they had no phobias. In the Western days, the only thing you was afraid of was getting shot. Now you're afraid to go out your door because it's dark. You're afraid to go out your door because it's light. I can't get in a car. I can't fly. I can't get on a train. I can't have people around me. I just am afraid of everything in this world. There are people afraid of air. It don't make sense. I'm telling you, what I'm trying to say is about the society, the devil has preyed on our fears in our flesh to make us locked down, scared to do anything. We live in a society where when somebody has an accident on the highway, listen, this is strange. We live in a society where somebody can have an accident on the highway. Everybody will stop. Everybody will get out and take your cameras out and start filming. But no one would go to the aid of them because they're afraid they might catch whatever that person might have. And they won't even call 911. I'm just... You know, you call them rubberneckers. It can happen on that four-lane highway over here and this four-lane highway over here comes to a plate and stop because everybody wants to see what happened on that side. I love that. But we're living in a society where the devil has put the fear in our, in our hearts and our minds that has just totally locked us down. I'm telling you, the device is the devil tonight, and it translates into our daily lives as a child of God. 
We should not be a fearful people. We should not be scared or worry about what's going to happen sitting around wringing our fingers, biting our fingernails on what's going to happen in this world. The Bible said in Proverbs 28, 1, The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. We should not be afraid. We're called to have some boldness in our lives today. Paul said, being confident of this very thing that is which had begun in a good work in you is performing until the day of his return. We're called to be bold. We're called to be confident in this world today. Before we can go on, let me say this. Fear. There's a healthy kind of fear. Proverbs 1 and 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. There, there's a healthy fear in our life that we should have. A healthy fear and a, and, a, and, a, and a reverence of the Lord is a good thing, the Bible says. It's, it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. Have you noticed how the devil messes that up, how he's turned that around? <laughs> the devil has come to church and says, hey, God loves everybody. God loves everybody. You don't have to fear God. Then he turns around and says, hey, that stuff out in the world, you need to be afraid of that. He's turned everything around. We got it all messed up. As a child of God, we need to have reverence and a healthy fear of God. And the Lord and His commandments. But we're not to fear the world and the things in this world. And what man can do to us. The devil has turned it around. Some people don't understand how you can fear a God. And at the same time, love God. It's possible. If you understand a father's child relationship, you understand the God in a, in a child of God's relationship. God, your father, you, you, you had a father that would tear you up. Boy, I did. I had one to tear you up. But I knew I could go to him and, and he loved me. I knew that he loved me, but I knew that he was going to make sure I'd done what I was supposed to do. That's the same with our father. He, he loves you, but he's going to chastise you. He's going to make sure you're going to do what you're supposed to do. If you understand that relationship with God, you can understand how we can fear and love God at the same time. The devil wants to get you out of balance tonight. To where you'll fear God, and then on the other side, it will get you out of the balance where you don't fear God. And do whatever you want to do, because God loves you. So looking at fear tonight, looking at fear, turn to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Do you know our Savior had fear? He said, well, he's God. Why could, he, he had fear. He had fear. Can I say this? Fear in itself is not sin. Let me say that again. Fear in itself is not sin. You understand that? It, it's like seeing something and there's a, a trepidation in your heart. So how can you fear 
in itself be not sinful. Well, I find where Jesus feared, and I know that's not quite right there, but I know everybody's going to like women. Jesus feared, yeah, he feared. But let me show you in your Bible uh, for what it said about Jesus and even the fear. Verse number 7 of Hebrews chapter 5. Who in the days of his flesh, talking about Jesus, when he had, had offered up a prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears. And he, this is in the Garden of Eden, this, uh, Garden of Gethsemane. He was there. And you know when he got his uh, disciples to go up and he took Peter, John, and James and went a little further and he said, pray with me as he went further. And, and he's praying his gra- uh, sweat, his great drops of blood. Uh, this, is where, this is where he's at right here, crying in tears and tears unto him and said, we're able to save him from death. And, and here in that he was feared. Preacher, if you say fear is advice of the devil, what's going on right here? Is it not sin? No, listen. That's what I'm fixing to tell you. Fear in itself is not sin. Don't miss this. I tell you, when fear becomes sin in your life, when you let it stop you from doing what God has told you to do, that's fear, that's sin. Look, when Jesus is down there praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, and, and, he, and he's earnest, he knows the cup he's going to have to take. He knows the bitterness of the cup. He knows what he's facing. He knows he's facing the cross. He knows he's fa- facing the whipping, the flood, his spitting. He, he knows he's facing that. And as he prayed there, he said, Father, if it bear that will, this cup pass it from me. He, he knows what he's facing. Let me tell you what, that, that ought to straighten you up if you know what you're getting ready to face. He, he knows he's going to be made sin for all mankind, for the entire world, for all the sin that's going to be laid upon him. He knows he's getting ready to take the sin upon his shoulders. He knows that. He's looking down the barrel of the crucifixion. They mocked him. Having the sins on his world, on the sins on his back from the world. That'll make you a little bit fearful. But here's the difference. As he's praying, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will. He, he could have, he could have said, no, I'm not going to do that. But he come to do exactly what the Father sent him to. And he feared that, he understood that what he's going through. But yet he did not let that fear stop him from doing what he was sent to do. Amen. We need to say, I, I'm fearful of something. I, I see the fear of it. I'm fearful of that. But I'm not going to let it stop me from doing what God has called me to do. Amen. I, I had fear of preaching. I, I, the first time I preached, the first time I got in the pulpit, I told them I, I thought I was there 40 minutes. They said, you want to rethink that? 45 minutes. You want to rethink? I said, I wasn't long when They said, no, you were short when those was like seven minutes. They said, you got it over so fast you didn't know what to do. You just, bam, out. You was over with. I had a fear 
But I wasn't going to let it stop me from doing what God said I could do. If you let the devil use it, he'll keep you back from doing what God wants you to do. He'll keep you from listening for what God wants you to do, the Word of God and the will of God in your life. Don't let the devil trip you up and get you off balance and say, that's fear. You don't need to go that way. John Wayne, whether you like him or not, I don't know. Really don't care. But he said something that's really profound. Courage is being scared to death, but silent up anyway. I like that. In other words, he's saying, hey, it's all right to be afraid. It's all right to be scared, but don't let it stop you from doing what you know you need to be doing. Amen. And the devil takes this device of fear in our hearts and our minds and he makes us afraid to do the will of God and listen to the word of God in our lives. It's almost like we get into bed and pull our cover over our heads and we sit there quivering in bed and say, I'm afraid. When I was a child, when I was real young, and I mean young, I'm talking six, five, six, seven years old, and I would have to stay in the house by myself most of the night. In the bedroom, I can take you to the house right now. And my bedroom was on the back side of the house. And there was a tree on this side of the house. And the street light was over here. And every time that wind would blow, that tree would right in front of that window. I've got the covers over my head, scared to do anything. And one place we lived, the bathroom was on the outside of the house. I was scared. But I had to go to the bathroom. So I had to go to the bathroom, go out the back door, and it was on the porch there and going up the porch. And I was even scared to open the door because it went straight outside. I was afraid. But we shouldn't let fear Keep us from doing the things that we need to do. Amen. You, you, you got to go about it. You're going to go. You're going you're gonna to worry about it. I, I had fear uh, uh, in the military. That, hey, I'm getting shot at. What am I supposed to do? I cannot let it stop me from doing what I'm called to do, what I'm trained to do. I can't let it stop me because others are depending on me that I do what I'm supposed to do. And let me just say this. There are people in this world right now that are depending on you to do exactly what God has called you to do. But we're afraid. We're afraid. Let me just say this. For a real woman and real man that stands up and face a day, all they have to do is quote the promises of God and live for Jesus any way they possibly can. Don't let fear trap you up. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 38. I marked mine so I didn't have to comb through that. Fear. The Bible says fear of human bringeth a snare. Fear will paralyze you if you're not careful. Watch what fear makes this king do. To reject the word of God in his life. Well, verse 17 uh, he was given a commandment. He was told to do something. 
Verse 18. But if thou wilt not go forth to the king of Babylon, princes, then shall this city be given into the hand of the Chaldeans, and they shall burn it with fire, and they shall not escape out of their hands. He was told, listen, king, all you have to do is go out, do what we're telling you to do. Nobody's going to die. Nothing's going to get burned. All you have to do is do that. Verse 19. And Zedekiah the king said unto Jeremiah, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the Jews that they're not fallen to the Chaldeans lest they deliver me into the hands and they will mock me. The reason he didn't do it is some people are more scared, uh, scared of ridicule and rejection than they are of God and hell. Some people are more scared of what somebody will say about them than what God says or thinks about them. I like what it said in Acts. We ought to obey God rather than man tonight. Yea, let God be true and every man a liar. I like that. We ought to put that in our heart. Yeah, we ought, every man a liar and God to be true. When it comes something doing what God wants and what man wants, you better do what God wants you to do and not be scared of them and him and not be scared to death to do it. You better fear him rather than the man. The Bible says that he's able to destroy both body and soul into hell. You better fear him tonight, not, not men. So what should we do with this fear that comes upon us? And it will come upon you. I'm not saying that you're going to be fearless. And I'm not going to say there ain't nothing going to bring fear in your life. It will. Three things that we should do tonight. Let me give you real quick and we'll go home. Turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. If we can remember this in time of fear, when fear comes in our lives and it will, trust me, fear will come into your life in all shapes and forms and fashions. But if we can remember this, Mark chapter 4, verse 37, we have help in the time of fear. We have help in the time of fear. Verse 37, and then arose a great storm wind, and the waves beat upon the ship until that it was now full. And it was in the hinder part, and he was in the hinder part, talking about Jesus, in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest not thou we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Get this. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? Why are ye so fearful? And, and the reason why they're, not, they're so fearful, he, he gives it right there. How is it that he have no faith? You see what Jesus shows them in the text? He says, Faith is the opposite of fear. He said, if you have faith, you won't have been so fearful in your life. It's one thing to have fear, but it's altogether another thing to let fear absolutely take over your body, take over your mind, take over your soul, and stop you from doing what you need to do. They're scared to death. They said, we're going to perish. Master, don't you care? Ain't you worried about it? 
It's one thing to have fear, but it's another thing to have fear to destroy your mind. Faith and fear cannot cohabitate in a body. In the text we find the storm is raging, the boat is full of water, the wind is blowing. But why should they worry? Why should they fear? Because the maker of the wind and the maker of the rain and the maker of the sea was asleep in the hinder part of the boat. If we ever get it in our thoughts and our minds, you don't have to be fearful because God created everything. I don't know what's going to happen in this world. I don't know what's going to happen in this new government. I don't know what's planned in our future. I don't know what's going to mess up and what's not going to mess up. What's going to happen before Jesus comes back? I have no idea. But what I'm absolutely positive about tonight that I have somebody that's on my board that makes the world and the universe and he made everything else and he sits on a throne. He's still on a throne. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. And as long as Jesus is in the boat with me, I don't have to be scared. I can go through the storm. Knowing even the wind's blowing and the rain's falling, the boat's filled up, the sea is blowing up, I can still go to the other side. Why? Because Jesus said, we're going to the other side. You can count on that, child of God. Listen to this. Notice this. Faith does not stop the storm from coming. It doesn't. It didn't even change the outlook they had faith. If they had faith, that storm was still going there. It would not have stopped the storm. But you know what it, faith does? It doesn't change the circumstances, but it changes the child in the circumstances. You have to go through the storms anyway. You're going to go through storms. You're not exempt from storms. You're going to have to go through them storms. But what faith does, it changes you in the midst of that storm. You can go through it one of two ways. You can go through the storm scared to death, wringing your hands and biting your nails, wondering where and worried and afraid and fearful. What's God going to do next? Or you can say, I know my Redeemer lives. I know who's in control. He knows my goings. He knows my thoughts. He knows my mind. When He tries me, I'll come forth as gold. I'm going to commit myself to him and to his hands because he knows me. We have help in the time of fear. Put this verse in your heart and in your mind. You keep it. It's helped me a lot of times. Psalms 56 and 3. What time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, if you just put that in your heart and you ponder on that and say, Lord, whatever times I'm afraid, I'm going to trust in thee. If you start repeating that and start repeating that, fear will leave. Because fear sees faith and faith, faith overcomes fear. We were talking about it earlier after church this morning. 2 Kings chapter 6, I think it's verse 14 through 16. Elijah, Elijah and his servant were surrounded by the enemies. 
Bible said Elijah's servant got up and early and, and he looked and saw all the chariots and all the horses. He saw everybody. They were surrounded. He said, we're, we're done. We're, we're, they come and get us. He went to Elijah and said, how shall we do? How, how are we going to get out of this, Elijah? What, what's going to happen to us to get out of this? You look around. We're surrounded. We, we're, we're through. They come to get you. What are you going to do when everything's around you? What are you going to do when everything looks bad in your life? Elijah prayed. Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he might see. Lord, that's a prayer that we all ought to say. Lord, I pray thee to open my eyes that I might see. He said, there are more of us than there are them. But Lord, he needs to see them. And the Lord opened his eyes, and a young man he saw, and he behold, a mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all about Elijah. God was there even when you couldn't see him. God is there. Let me just tell you, in the midst of your uh, fear and in the midst of your storm, God is still there. You might not see him. Listen, if you're constantly looking at what you can see, you'll miss what you can't see. That's crazy, preacher. What are you talking about? I constantly look at things I see, and I'll miss what I can't. You're right. If you're constantly looking at the world and not asking God to open your eyes to see the things that God's got around you, that God's got around you, let me just say, Lord, open my eyes that I may see what you're doing in my life and the people around me. Don't keep your eyes focused on the things of the world and lose sight of what God is doing. That's where we've been. The Bible says, while he was looking at things which are seen, while we're not looking at things which are seen, but the things that are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. There are some bridges. I, I get correct. It's a bridge. It up yonder. You on top of that bridge, you can feel it. You can feel it. People are literally, when they put that, open that bridge, people literally got to the top and stopped and could not go any further. They were too afraid. They, 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 they just locked up, froze up, traffic backed up, and there was this person sitting like this. Go, uh, go. <laughs> there was a bridge in Maryland, I think, when they built that bridge, when they, they had, uh, had finally, people would get to the top and freeze up. They'd let their attendant, if you could not drive across it, the attendant could get in the car and drive it over for you and catch a ride back. I don't know if they still do that now. But that's people, they get afraid of something and, and, and they get scared, they lock up, lock down. So don't let fear lock you down. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. It's a good life verse. Yeah, good life verse. The Holy Ghost teaches us not to fear. Teaches us not to fear. You don't have to fear. That's the device of the devil. The Holy Ghost teaches not to fear. Verse number 6. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou shouldst stir up the gifts of God, which is in thee by putting on 
my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You know what Paul is dealing with in this text? He, he said uh, in verse 6, stir up the gifts in thee. He's calling what God has called you to do, what God has called you in your heart to do. I'm telling you, whatever God has called you to do, you don't have to be afraid or scared to do it. If God has called you to, to do something for His glory, you have the power, you have the love, and you have the sound mind to get the job done because God says you have. We have the power, we have the ability, we have the love, we have the compassion, we have the sound mind, we have control. You ought to filter through your mind when something comes to your heart and you might think of God ask, Lord, do I have power? Do I have love? Do I have a sound mind? And if you have all three of those, that's God directing. But if you don't, that's devil trying to put fear into your life. Romans 8, 15. For we have not received the spirit of bondage, again, of fear. But you receive the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. What he's saying there, we don't have the spirit of bondage of fear. We're no longer in slavery. We're no longer slave to fear. We don't love a slave to persecution, a fear of persecution, a fear of punishment. He said we have been bought, we've been adopted, and now we have the, the boldness to come through the throne of God. We can cry, Abba, Father. We don't have to be afraid. We have the grace of God. Don't let fear get you off balance to shake you up. And that's what the devil's trying to do with us. Fear. And I'm about done. 1 John. Turn to 1 John. 1 John chapter 4. Let me say this. Fear comes generally from three different areas. Fear comes from hauntings from your past, things that you've done that you can't get over, and you life and you wish they wasn't there fear comes from horror of the present world things that you may face that bother you that afflict you and fear fear comes from the future what you perceive to be in the future what might happen things that may be waiting for you in the future that's the areas of fear comes from but as a child of God we should not fear what's happened in the past what's happened in the present What's going to happen in the future? Because God has already taken care of these things. If you come to Christ, He's washed your sins away. Everything in your past is gone. You no longer have to fear the past. It's gone. It's wiped away. And He's right here with us today. You don't have to worry about what's going on today because God is with us today. He's already got your future planned out. You know where you're going. 1 John 4, 17. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so we are in this world. Our position in Christ, we don't have to worry about the judgment. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. 
I have confidence when Jesus Christ comes back, I'm not chewing my nails worrying about it, worrying about the things that's going to happen when he comes back. He said we can have confidence when he comes back. Why? Because he's love. He loves me. He loves you. I love him. You love him. And I'm serving him. He gave himself to me and I'm giving myself to him. I have confidence. And I'm looking for him to return. I'm looking for that day. I'm not worried about it. I'm not fearful of that day. I am confident in that day. He said, fear hath tormented. The Bible said the place called hell is a place of torment. The rich man, when he opened up his eyes, he's in flames and being tormented. That's what the devil does. He tries to take your life Make it hell on earth for you today. He, he knows he can't get you because when you're going to heaven, he can't. Tell, but what he does do, he's tried to make your life a living hell while you're here on earth. He wants you to fear him. He wants you to have fear that you fall away from God. Can I say this? If you go to hell, you're an outsider because hell was not created for man. It was created for the devil and his angels. And don't you think they ain't going to torment you more in hell than you ever been tormented before? The love of God does not produce fear in our lives. That is the devil. And it will ruin you and others. Time Magazine wrote an article, August 14, 1989. A man, he was an outdoor man. He was a wilderness. He hunted. He loved being outdoors, and he'd done it for years and years and years. He just loved being in the outdoors until somebody told him about Lyme disease. He had been bitten by ticks, and he got afraid. He got scared. In fact, he, he wouldn't go out the door no more. He wouldn't, he wouldn't do anything no more. He was afraid and he got fearful of this Lyme disease. And he also got fearful that he may have given it to his wife. He went to the doctor. The doctor told him, hey, you cannot give it to somebody. And you do, they told him, we have checked you and tested you. You do not have Lyme disease. But he didn't accept that. Because it was in his mind that he had it. It was in his mind that he gave it to his wife. You know what the man wound up doing? One man wound up killing his wife and killing himself because of fear. And yet he had the truth. He knew the truth. He knew he didn't have He didn't know. They told him you don't, you don't have it. But the devil had him so fearful of Lyme disease that he couldn't take it no more. Fear will ruin you and ruin those around you if not careful. Don't let the devil get you off balance. Don't let the devil put fear in your life. There, like I said, there's a healthy fear. You can be afraid of things, but don't let fear keep you from doing what God has called you to do. Don't let fear keep you from the Word of God and the will of God. Because if you do, that becomes sin to you. Amen. Anybody got anything they'd like?